She looked at Sir Andrew with eager curiosity. The young man's face had become almost transfigured. His eyes shone with enthusiasm. Hero worship, love, admiration for his leader seemed literally to glow upon his face. The Scarlet Pimpernel, mademoiselle, he said at last, is the name of a humble English wayside flower, but it is also the name chosen to hide the identity of the best and bravest man in all the world, so that he may better succeed in accomplishing the noble task he has set himself to do. Ah, yes, here interposed the young vicomte, I have heard speak of this scarlet pimpernel, a little flower, uh, red, yes? They say in Paris that every time a royalist escapes to England, that devil, Fouquier Tinville, the public prosecutor, receives a paper with that little flower designated in red upon it, yes? Yes, that is so, assented Lord Antony. Then he will receive one such paper today? Undoubtedly. Oh, I wonder what he will say, said Suzanne merrily. I have heard that the picture of that little red flower is the only thing that frightens him. Faith, then, said Sir Andrew, he will have many more opportunities of studying the shape of that small scarlet flower. Ah, monsieur, sighed the Comtesse, it all sounds like a romance, and I cannot understand it all. Why should you try, madame? But tell me, why should your leader, why should you all... Spend your money and risk your lives, for it is your lives you risk, messieurs, when you set foot in France, and all for us Frenchmen and women who are nothing to you. Sport, Madame la Comtesse, sport, asserted Lord Antony with his jovial, loud and pleasant voice. We are a nation of sportsmen, you know, and just now it is the fashion to pull the hair from between the teeth of the hound. Oh, no, no, not sport only, monsieur. You have a more noble motive, I am sure, for the good work you do. Faith, madam, I would like you to find it, then. As for me, I vow I love the game, for this is the finest sport I have yet encountered. Hairbreadth escapes the devil's own risks. Tally-ho, and away we go. But the Comtesse shook her head still incredulously. To her it seemed preposterous that these young men and their great leader, all of them rich, probably well-born and young, should for no other motive than sport run the terrible risks which she knew they were constantly doing. Their nationality, once they had set foot in France, would be no safeguard to them. Anyone found harbouring or assisting suspected royalists would be ruthlessly condemned and summarily executed, whatever his nationality might be. And this band of young Englishmen had, to her own knowledge, bearded the implacable and bloodthirsty tribunal of the revolution within the very walls of Paris itself, and had snatched away condemned victims almost from the foot of the guillotine. With a shudder she recalled the events of the last few days. Her escape from Paris with her two children, all three of them hidden beneath the hood of a rickety cart, and lying amidst a heap of turnips and cabbages, not daring to breathe, whilst the mob howled, À la lanterne, les aristos! at the awful west barricade. The Comtesse looked round at the quaint, old-fashioned English inn, the peace of this land of civil and religious liberty, and she closed her eyes to shut out the haunting vision of that west barricade and of the mob retreating panic-stricken when the old hag spoke of the plague. Every moment under that cart she expected recognition, arrest, herself and her children tried and condemned, and these young Englishmen, under the guidance of their brave and mysterious leader, had risked their lives to save them all, 
as they had already saved scores of other innocent people. And all only for sport. Impossible. Suzanne's eyes, as she sought those of Sir Andrew, plainly told him that she thought that he, at any rate, rescued his fellow men from terrible and unmerited death through a higher and nobler motive than his friend would have her believe. "'How many are there in your brave league, monsieur?' she asked timidly. Twenty all told, mademoiselle,' he replied. "'One to command, and nineteen to obey.' all of us Englishmen, and all pledged to the same cause, to obey our leader and to rescue the innocent. May God protect you all, messieurs, said the Comtesse fervently. He has done that so far, madame. It is wonderful.